Welcome to the DBS Films Podcast, a behind-the-scenes look into making indie films. Learn from DBS Films about their process, tips, and fun stories that all come with making multiple movies a reality. Hey everybody, welcome to DBS Films Podcast. My name is Kellen, with me as always is my brother Brennan, together we make movies with DBS Films. Today's episode, we have just finished our 15th feature film currently called The Girl in Cabin 14. We're going to be giving you a day-by-day breakdown. But before we hop into that, be sure to take a look at our feature film that's already out right now, Horror in the Forest. Be sure to take a look at our Discord channel because we make movies for our fans with our fans. If you ever want to be part of the fun, part of the action, well, that is the place to be. So, as always, you know, filming can be quite the journey, quite the adventure, um, I would say, you know, in these episodes, I really enjoy it. Any filmmaker out there, please make a breakdown like this. I will consume it. I will find it. I will listen to it um, because this is really the process that not a lot of people see. You know, most people only see the final project. They think that's exactly what you wanted to have happen. They think it went perfectly smoothly. They think it was just, you know, nothing but sunshine and rainbows. And filmmaking is definitely not that. So in these episodes, we're just going to kind of give you a breakdown of each of the days, how things were going. Um, We'll probably have two weeks of these episodes, but it is something that, again, if you are a filmmaker out there, please do this process. It'll help you get better. And it's very interesting. So hopefully you guys enjoy this. So I think the first thing I want to start with is more or less kind of a how did it go overall? And I'll go ahead. I'll weigh in first. I would say it felt like a very, very smooth production in the sense of how things were moving. I think the only issue for me making it a very, very tougher shoot was simply the location. It was about a a six hour drive to kind of pick people up and bring them there. I had to do kind of every single day. Um, And then a little bit of a sickness that was uh, given to us by yours truly up there, uh, who kind of, you know, between those two things, lack of sleep and driving, it's kind of an issue. But that being said, Cabin was fantastic. Shout out to Dylan and getting that location. And you know, at the end of the day, it's worth it to do those drives. It's worth it to be a little bit under the weather. So I really cannot complain much about those. But aside from those two little logistical things, I feel like it was a, a very smooth shoot. We got a ton of footage. We had a ton of special effects, which is a huge you know step up, in my opinion, of what we we're needing. So I feel like things went relatively smoothly. What was your uh, take there, Brendan? I mean, anytime you finish a movie, um, you should be proud of it. It is extremely difficult. And I just don't think a lot of people understand how crazy this process is. You basically have thirty, fifty thousand dollars on the line at all times, and anybody could back out, something could break, the camera could break, and then that's all gone. Like you just you can't get that back. There's no guarantee that the actors are gonna come back. So anytime you finish a project, um, no matter how you feel about it, it's it's a very good sign. Um, and we continue, you know, to do what we do, which is make movies. This is movie three out of four. Our goal was four this year. We're right on target. Um, and I think just that is an accomplishment in itself. But I'm actually really proud of this movie because this one, like, it could have been really bad. The pre-production was not as much as I would have liked because we got held up with the Bigfoot uh pickup days which kind of messed things up my pre-production on my end was not good at all um i dropped the ball big time on that um we had vacations kind of stacked in there randomly which kind of messed things up and then um i got sick before this movie i got a lot of other people sick it wasn't covid but it was like a pretty nasty flu that lasted three days um and on top of that we had a film festival that we did right before 
where usually the last three or four days, I'm just going through the script. I'm working with actors. I'm doing a lot of, you know, last minute pre-production work. We just never had that. So this movie very well could have been a complete failure. Um, and I think it's a testament of the leads, it's a testament of the crew, it's a testament of everyone to actually make this thing go through. And it was actually relatively smooth. Um, we did wait to the last minute to basically get out of the, the location that we had. But for the most part, you know, we got it all done. Um, there's only a couple of times we were really rushing. And this movie, I mean, to go from Girl in Cabin 13 to this, this movie it was just absolutely insane. And like, it just went from Bigfoot. And I think it's just a testament to Tegan's work where I'm like, man, I know what she can do. So let's like really push it. But these movies are really getting aggressive. And I mean, this thing is like, it goes and it's fast, but it is absolutely wild. Um, I don't even think I consider it a horror movie. I think it's more of a thriller, but it just was, you know, the energy on set, the energy with people, and just the production budget, or not even budget, but the production value on this one, I think as long as we can make these chainsaws roar, I think is going to be easily our highest production budget. I think it's higher than Bigfoot in my head um, because we have locations, we have different stuff going on. And I think the most people we've ever killed in a DBS movie is like three. And I'm pretty sure there's seven or eight people who just get the axe in this one. Um, so that's kind of cool to see that this was really like our first almost slasher kind of movie where a lot of people bite the dust. So, you know, all in all with how difficult this shoot was, it was really smooth. Don't think it was as smooth as horror in the forest, but, um, I think it was probably smoother than Bigfoot. So it's probably our second smooth and maybe third smoothest, um, but once again, it's a testament to the team. They did a great job. The actors did a great job. They made my life a lot easier because, once again, I could have dropped the ball big time on this one, and it would not have been good if we had to spend all that money on the Bigfoot pickups and then we didn't get a finished movie with this one. Yeah, there's there's a lot on the line with those Bigfoot pickups because that really slashed the rest of the budget that we have. Um, and I will say September, this last September was probably one of like the busiest months of my life, period. You know, just in the sense of like everything going on. So it was it was a tough one kind of getting into gear. That being said, I do completely agree. You know, if you've heard me before, I say the two things our movies are missing are production value and special effects. Um, and yeah, we really stepped that up. I mean, I just remember when we were filming like the climax, it's like and then she murders another one and then she murders another one. And like it, they, we were just going. We had the blood cannon out. So shout out to Bertha. Uh, now our blood cannon on set and, you know, yeah, Tegan did a fantastic job in stepping that up. So I'm really excited for that because I just feel like, again, you know, you can make a good movie, you can make a bad movie, but don't make a boring movie. And I think leaning into this production, leaning into what we have here is kind of like a huge benefit there. Um, and then before we kind of go into the day by day, we'll, we'll hang out a little bit more on the overall since the first day is really, really, you know, pretty lax. I think one of the positives from this one is um, we finally got back into a house, which was nice. Uh, you know, for a cold grave, we were out in the woods, out in the middle of nowhere, where we basically had like a, it's kind of like, I would say a half mile walk back to like the main camp that we had, or in the forest had a pretty nice setup, but it was still isolated from the main uh, facility, like our main uh, location for the stars. We had like a 20 minute drive there. Um, Bigfoot again was super close drive, but it was out in the middle of the forest where the main filming was done. This one was really, really nice having a cabin that we could basically just walk right outside. There is all the intro area and the woods that we need. Um, so before we kind of hop in, do you want to talk about the benefits of that? Cause I think that again, like if you took the same schedule or things that we were doing 
and you applied it to one of the other concepts where we're strictly in the woods the entire time, I don't think we would have been able to pull off all of the action and gore and everything that we pulled off in this one. Yeah, I mean, it. it's a double-edged sword. I kind of forgot how difficult it is to film inside of a house just because you have to have a lot of continuity. Um, there's a lot of continuity issues. And um, with Bigfoot, we had a separate location and then a filming location. That was a benefit um, because you can keep the separate location. Everyone can do whatever they want to do and there's no kind of issues. With this one, we were constantly moving stuff around. The cleanup process was an absolute nightmare. Um, and just, you know, small continuity wise, I know we're going to have a lot of issues just going through back through here. We try to do our best. Tegan was taking pictures. Dylan was taking pictures. I was trying to make sure we had it, but it's just, it's difficult to do that. The plus side is that, you know, it's nice to be in air conditioning. It wasn't bad at all. Um, but once again, you're a little bit limited by the location that you have. And we had a fake rooms. We had to put plastic sheets up to create different rooms. We had to kind of alter the layout of the cabin to make sure, you know, continuity wise, it made sense. And, you know, in the woods, I think it's just easier to shoot as in it's like, oh, here's some woods over here, stand here, film, you know, go over here, stand here, film with the cabin. I'm always trying to find different corners, different nooks and, uh, you know, different areas. And if you're familiar with cabins, they're just not really built for filming. There is like a giant lower half and then a very small upper half with a whole bunch of rooms. And that's usually the layout of almost all cabins, at least in Florida. So it's like, all right, have we used this window before? Have we used this corner before? Have we used this area before? Um, so you are limited by that. Um, but that being said, it is nice to have everything right there. It's much easier to get going. We're not losing 30 minutes for, you know, everyone getting on a convoy. And then once again, we had rain the final night. Once again, it started downpouring on us for no reason at all. It didn't rain at all until that last night. Um, but it was much easier now because I was just like, all right, let's go inside and film inside stuff and come outside when it's, you know, done raining. So I don't know uh, what's going on with the weather, but I think having a cabin this time definitely saved us uh, or at least saved me a little bit of stress. Yeah, definitely the case. And I mean, it is those unique challenges there. Um, but like, I don't know, it was something very nice for me in the sense of having that 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 short little walk out there. So there is those pros and those cons to it. That being said, let's kind of hop in. I know, you know, we'll touch on it real briefly here. We'll probably go into more detail. Uh, but pre-production on this one threw us a few loops when it came to just the overall casting structure, what was going on. We had uh, Isabella stepping up. So just a lot of different things when it came to not being on the, the firmest ground, you know, heading into this. But I think one of the benefits that we had for this concept was we did it before. It's Girl in Cabin 13 concept wise. So I always feel like when we do head into a movie with another you know, a revitalization of the, the concept. It's a little bit easier, um, but there were some big gaps in pre-production that thankfully we were able to bridge on set. Yeah, I mean, uh, shout out to Isabella. We had a late, late minute dropout of one of the leads, which is never ideal. Um, but even this one was just short pre-production wise. Um, I started pre-production when we finished Bigfoot. So it gives about six weeks um, of solid pre-production. Um, and that was with doing a large scale audition um, with Bigfoot. We didn't do as big of an audition process. So just getting through that, once again, we had 7,000 auditions between Discord and Backstage. You know, was this challenges? It took a little bit longer. 
Um, when we finally got that taken care of, um, you know, we just had a random vacation thrown in there, um, which kind of messed things up a little bit, but you know, you always have to balance work with family and, uh, you know, it just kind of slowed things down a little bit. Um, I think I wasn't as sharp as I usually am. I think that the downside of doing a lot of these movies is as I'm doing them, I'm getting more comfortable and that's not a good thing. I think that anxiety and stress kind of keep you sharp. And I think that just on my side, I wasn't as sharp. I wasn't as focused as I needed to be in pre-production with this. Um, and I think it kind of showed as far as the production, which is the entire team was just a little bit lackadaisical. Um, and I think we have to push ourselves a little bit harder on the next one, but you know, the actors stepped up perfectly. They knew the script, everyone knew what we needed to do and when it got it done. So it does give me confidence. Um, that being said, I don't think it harmed the product at all, but I do want to do not want to put myself in this situation again. I definitely believe in minimum six weeks of pre-production ideally eight um even if we're doing pickups it's just going to have to start earlier um because i think that's the the comfort zone where i feel good with it where i think the actors feel good with it but everyone came in they stepped up when needed and you know i think we i think we did a really good job with this movie i'm really excited to see how it it kind of cuts together yeah i mean i will say just from where i'm at in the rough so far um it, it moves. I mean, there's basically always something kind of going on, whether it's a pop scare, whether it actually is a gore, you know, we're kind of stacking, layering them on top of there. So it's a lot of work to get all of this stuff done in such a quick manner. Uh, but I do think, you know, again, the team getting more and more familiar with being on set with each other. Um, you know, a huge shout out again, to Dylan and Tegan for really stepping up in multiple ways on set to just kind of make things flow faster and, you know, again, also having uh, communication with our, our, you know, Discord members beforehand, you know, Tanner, shout out, Kashmir as well for doing this great pre-production um, to kind of get there. It was kind of just, a again, a really group effort that comes into play with this. So speaking of the group effort, you know, day one, we're really kind of getting our, our main leads on set. So, you know, Brendan uh, and Isabella were just doing a fantastic job. Um, you know, day one, again, is usually just getting people comforted, getting people on set there. Um, but what was kind of like, you know, the process for, I think once we got everything set and ready to go, you know, the, the big thing that we really want to do with the main leads is get them comfortable on set. You know, this is one of the big things where you're, at, you know, every time I was talking with any of the actors on the way there and back, it's something where like, I can only imagine being an actor showing up to a production studio for the first time. And like, you know, our process is a little bit different than maybe some of the larger ones that they've been on or much different from a lot of the smaller indie ones were kind of its own new breed. So I think really the first thing is just kind of getting them comfortable, getting them on set. But what was kind of your take for the first day of action? I mean, that was, it was just basically go get to the location, make sure everything's squared away. Everything's good. Um, you know, we go shopping and then when the sun goes down, we started to film and this was probably our second best first day, um, to horror in the forest. I really try and push these a little bit harder just because you want to get your actors in a groove and anything that you can do on the first day when, you know, people are energized and ready to go, um, is just a benefit. Um, I know in the Bigfoot one, we got maybe one scene done and that was it. And I think that kind of slowed the, the shoot down. But I mean, they came in and some of these scenes were were a little bit tricky. And sometimes there's like, I usually have a good understanding of how the scenes are going to play out in my head. Um, but these were longer dialogue scenes. There's a lot of movement in there. We were doing it guerrilla style. So we were using like different locations in the actual cabin. 
And it was a little bit, you know, more difficult than I anticipated. But once again, both of them stepped up, gave me a lot of really good takes. And, you know, I was really happy with the footage. And I think it kind of shows like a little bit of production value because we're not in the same location. But, you know, what, like you said, the biggest issue we had from, you know, the reviews that are coming in from Horror in the Forest was it did drag in certain locations. And I rewatched Girl in Cabin 13. And, you know, honestly, it's really not that bad of a movie. There's a couple scenes that just are really rough. But for the most part, you know, you put it in there with a lot of the indie films and it, it holds its own pretty well. But it does. It takes 30 minutes for anything to happen in that movie. And the hook is not very good. It just takes a while to get going. And the whole goal of this movie was have a six minute intro that's really, really good. And then immediately get them into action all the way through. And that is really what we want to do. In real time, this movie pretty much takes place in the two to three hours they're at the cabin. Um, it's almost like an extended Warner. Um, and I think that's really going to push the pace. And, you know, my goal with this one is to go as hard as we possibly can with the pace, see what people like about it. You know, if we need more character development, we'll kind of figure it out. But I really want to get over this hump of, hey, your movies are taking too long to develop. They're taking, it's too slow to get to the action part um, was goal number one in this movie. And we started off right away with, you know, beginning stuff in this movie. And I think that, you know, they knew the objective, they knew what we were doing and, you know, we got it done um, to, you know, the best of our abilities. Yeah. I mean, I really think that's the case of, you know, starting off strong and again, getting them warmed up because it's, it's a big demand, especially as a lead, you know, you're going through so many different cases and you'll pick up one scene where you need to be like emotionally torn because you just saw all of this craziness going down and then you cut back and then, you know, you haven't quite been there. And I know um, the two of them, they were going back and forth and trying to just checking themselves emotion wise where they're at, you know, how freaked out should you be? How many murders have you already witnessed now? And I think that can be kind of a big thing to just kind of get set and, and ready to go. Um, you know, again, when it comes to just the process that we have, having a smooth start is, is super critical just to kind of get into gear of everything. And, you know, we always say that that first day is a little bit easier, but I think having that first day run pretty smoothly is something that really kind of allowed us to kind of get in gear. I think one thing I'm kind of curious about, cause you know, I know uh fun time with Brendan on set, he's not going to smile until we're done with it. Um, but usually compared to some of our other ones, I would say, you know, usually there's almost kind of one or two more scares that we've had and i think we actually avoided having a major scare this time um correct me if i'm wrong in that one but for instance for bigfoot he updated the camera and now the quality is crap uh for force of death we showed up we didn't think we'd have any internet cold grave probably was different but we always knew cold grave was kind of right in the backyard but i think it was nice not having a potential catastrophic random incident coming up or even for like bigfoot we had to spend the first night of the bigfoot just getting a clip for horror in the forest so we could do the upload so i think it was nice not having whether it panned out or not some type of overhanging dark cloud that usually likes to show up that first day was that kind of the case that you were feeling yeah i mean it definitely was um you know nice not to have some kind of crazy issue and it was nice to you know go to sleep the first night and just be like all right like that was a good first day where you know in you know, the shapeshifter movie, 
I didn't know if you had internet or like what was going on with that location. Um, Bigfoot, the camera was like doing glitchy stuff. Horror in the Force. I don't think we had anything too crazy in that one. Um, but, you know, it is nice not to have these issues. And I think that these are just indie issues. No matter what you do, you're going to have issues just because you're on such a shoestring budget. And, you know, you got to have double of everything. We have two cameras. We have two lenses. We have two of everything because something could fail at any point. Um, and then once that happens, you know, you're pretty much done. So, you know, the stress and the nerves of just understanding how fragile this whole thing is and what you have to do in the eight days is pretty crazy, but, um, no, it's much, much better. I think the scares came in pre-production on this one, um, which is nice because you have the ability to sit down, take a deep breath and go where if something happens on set, it's compounded just because of the time and the financial pressures, um, so that was good, you know, all in all, um, you know, I don't think we had any, I'm trying to think, I feel like we had like maybe one thing that was like really crazy going on. Um, but I can't remember what it was. If I can't remember what it was, it probably was not that big of a deal, but I do remember there was maybe something that, um, we needed to kind of figure out. Yeah. I mean, I think the transportation was just kind of locking that down was one thing just because again of the the drive and whatnot and making sure that we had everyone picked up or not taken there. We were looking at Uber for a little bit, but Uber completely tricked us in the sense that they were not delivering any Ubers out in that location. And then when we finally got to a close enough location, it kind of tripled the price. Um, but again, those are things that it was easy to overcome with that one. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I know it was something where we actually had a lot of room and space. So, you know, we had beds this time instead of kind of a, a floor or a couch, even though we did sleep on the couch a few times. Um, but I think it was something where the setup for it was pretty smooth. And once we got everything there, you know, it was like, okay, here we go. And then I think the last thing to kind of end on is, you know, I think while we didn't have that pre-production, it still felt like we had an understanding, or at least I felt like we had an understanding of what we were doing, because again, we've made this movie before, you know, we, we, we are hitting these key points that we know, we know the knock scene, we know this scene, we know this scare, we know that one. And anytime we came up to a scene that we knew, I just felt overly confident and, you know, hey, this is how it is. Because again, when you're filming, a lot of times people are like, dang, my acting must not be there because Brendan's asking for a lot of takes. Well, that's because the first few takes of him just figuring out how to get it to look slightly good and then kind of moving from there. And I think we were able to kind of cut down on that just because, again, you know, we had an understanding of this movie that was from doing it before. So while we were lacking a little bit in pre-production, I think a big element of pre-production is doing the movie before. Would you kind of agree with that? Yeah. And I knew like the character beats that we need to hit and I knew, you know, what we were doing. Um, so I felt confident in it. Obviously the ending caused a lot of stress just because if it was, you know, it's just a wild ending on this one. Um, really wanted to take what we learned in Bigfoot and kind of apply it. So you know, we weren't able to do one, you know, one scare that I wanted to do at the end just because the mask was not cooperating. Um, I don't know how much that's going to hurt the movie. Um, we weren't able to do the finger chop scene, which I really wanted to do as well. Don't know how much that's going to hurt the movie. Um, so there's some things in there that we just didn't get. Um, but, you know, like I mentioned before, there's so much stuff in this movie that I was like, all right, if we can't get this, like, like the finger chop scene comes from like three different pop scares and a crazy sequence with Kel in a garbage can. So it's like, 
there's stuff going, there's stuff happening and it's just been like the cherry on top. Um, I think what's going to be interesting is to see how it plays out, how we did it in girl in cabin 13 and how we do it in a found footage movie, because I'm starting to really realize that with found footage movies, it's very hard to get the characters reactions and certain things you just don't have the option to do. Um, so we played out a lot of the same scares. We did a lot of the same things in as we did in Girl in Cabin 13. But in the found footage style, it does limit your creativity a lot. And I was kind of actually getting very frustrated with how this is being played out. Because even when I'm doing a found footage movie and I'm thinking about it through my head, my brain just works cinematically. And really, you don't get there until you get to the found footage part. And you're like man, I don't know how this is going to play out or we just can't even do the finger chop scene. And like the characters have to be holding the camera and you have to find specific ways to cheat the, the found footage angle. And, you know, just to give you an example, we had, you know, the main actress had to smash someone in the head with a rock and we had to figure out how to put these cameras on the ground conveniently to do this, where if it was cinematic, I think I would have got the angles and everything that I really wanted. Um, so, you know, we are on doing a found footage streak. We're going to continue making found footage movies um, into next year. But this was the first time when I was just like, man, maybe we should just go back to cinematic. <laughs> There's a lot of talk of that. So watch out, Ashley. The the tides might be turning, but that'll go ahead and wrap up this episode. Um, Again, first day, we're just kind of getting things together a little bit about the pre-production. We're going to hop into day two with our favorite local phenom actor, Benjamin Newmark. It's a little compliment out there to you, Ben. Still got your aviators in my car. But uh, we had him on set being producer Kevin and really kind of kicking off the, the meat of the production. As always, be sure to take a look at our movies online. We got Horror in the Forest now out. If you take a look at that, rent and review means the world to us. Allows us to keep doing what we want to do and what we love to do here. And be sure to take a look at our Discord channel online because we make movies for our fans with our fans. And that is the place to be. But until then, have a good one, my friends. <laughs>